Hello and welcome to the Success Secret Podcast with Rosso Santalev. I am excited to introduce you to a series of conversations with some of the most successful and inspiring individuals from various industries. My aim is to dive into the stories behind their success and explore the knowledge, strategies, habits, mindsets, and wisdom that have propelled their success. Each episode of the Success Secret Podcast will feature a different guest who will share their unique journey, the challenges they faced, and the lessons they have learned along the way. I will also be covering topics from entrepreneurship and innovation to leadership and personal development. Whether you are an inspiring entrepreneur, a seasoned business professional, or just someone looking to improve your life, the Success Secret Podcast is for you. My goal is to bring you valuable insights and inspiration that will help you achieve your own success in business and life. So get ready to learn and be inspired. The Success Secret Podcast starts now. In this episode, I have with me the brilliant Nancy Gere. She, after a lifetime of corporate world training, a custom training consultant, she knows how businesses operate and she isn't afraid to share and shake things up. Her unique perspective combined with 30 plus experience has empowered her with fresh insight and the industry best kept secrets that is she is ready to share with you today. And Nancy, welcome to the Success Secret Podcast. Thank you so much. I'm really happy to be with you today. I'm glad. I'm grateful for you to be here today on this episode. So Nancy, I want you first to tell the Success Secret Nation, nation your story briefly. Where were you uh, in corporate life? What did you there? And why okay. you transition into what you are doing right now? All right. Well, I, I started my career. I kind of I fell into training. It just kind of happened. Somebody asked me to build a course where I was working, and I said, sure. I had no idea what I was doing. And then fast forward a couple of jobs later, and I learned about this whole methodology called instructional design, which then gave me a, a solid methodology to use. And while I was... Um, applying it directly to the job that I had. The company I work for also arranged for us to take graduate level courses. So I was able to get a master's degree and I got regular feedback on my work. So it was a wonderful kind of apprenticeship that really launched my career. And then I worked my way up doing different jobs in training in the corporate sector, uh, all the way up to being a, a training director. And then like a, a lot of people, a layoff came. And when the layoff came, you know, I thought, well, I, I can look for another job or I can start my own consultancy. And I thought, well, you know, there's no downside risk now. I'm not, I'm not walking away from the paycheck. The paycheck walked away from me. So, <laughs> so I thought, okay, this is the time to do that. And um, I served a lot of different um, corporations, bringing, helping them build out courses. And then over time, uh, things started to shift a little bit, mostly when the, the pandemic happened and a lot of entrepreneurs wanted to get their content online. And so I saw it as an opportunity to take what I learned working in corporate training and bringing it to an, an entrepreneurial audience. Yeah, that's amazing. Because like a lot of a lot of business owners, entrepreneurs, especially online and maybe off offline, are looking to expand their businesses beyond what they are doing now. So we know that how important to some people, if you say it, some people, if you ask them, do you think school or university going to them is, is important and vital in this day and age? 
My answer personally would be no, not really, <laughs> because there is a lot of resources <laughs> online to do that, and probably they are free, right? So what's your look first on this thing, on this phenomenon of having online courses and platforms that have these kind of... Uh, kind right. Of well, I think there's there's a lot of opportunity if somebody wants to specialize in a particular area to really, uh, really dig in and you can get really what you need. Let's say you want to do, uh, maybe you want to be a website builder. And so you want to learn HTML. So you can really dig deep in that particular um, area. I think the the value now, I think, of more of the university type of education is if, is giving people a more of a broader a broader view but i think when it comes down to being employable you need to have a specialized skill mm, definitely yeah because sometimes i think i think a lot of people saying that this is the best business to start here in 2023 or 2024 when maybe in seven years time or 10 years time but i but i think that Building a business, a successful business, requires main, three main things. Like first thing is the passion and the skill. The second, the network, what you know and who knows you. The third thing is like adding value and serving people. Yes. And one of the most important thing in doing that is actually to sell to people, right? So, so creating courses actually, for example, put you in a place where you utilize your skills and passion in a in a good way, right? Yeah, I think so. You know, and I, I, one of the ways I used that I've framed it is think of it as, to a certain extent as you're trying to attract people to you as education based marketing. So, a mm. course is a great way to give people a sense of what you know. They can experience you, get a sense of your personality and uh, your knowledge. And then from there, go, okay, I think this is somebody that I would like to, to work with uh, moving forward. So it's it's a great um, it's a great door opener, and it's also a great way to really think about in your coaching practice or your consultancy how can you serve more people. Well, if you take kind of that content that you say over and over and over again to whoever you're working with, and if you move that into a course, then you can coach them at a deeper level. You can offer consulting services at a deeper level, and uh, it, it, it and then the, and everybody wins. At least, like for, for example, if we are talking about coaching, for example, it could be a little bit time limited, right? Because you can coach individually or maybe in groups, but the people who you can coach is kind of might be limited to to time. Yes. Right? Yes. You have to be basically physically there. In the right. <laughs> but but <laughs> having a course related to what you are doing is something that can scale up your business, right? Exactly. Yeah, because as you said, you know, you we only have so much time. And so how many people can you serve in what in in the time that you have? So perhaps you can have a shorter coaching conversation or maybe a um, a program can the time can be compressed so you can be, you know, re-enrolling and starting new people at different times. It, it's all, you know, it's best use of time. And I think sometimes if you are delivering the same information over and over again, you can you can get a little stale because you're like, oh, you know, you're like, do people really want to keep hearing me say this? <laughs> yes, they do. But if you can uh, have it pre uh, pre built and let people go and and consume it, 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 it's extremely effective. One of the questions that 
people might be thinking about why would I create a course? I'm thinking about doing and creating a course, but uh, a lot of these courses that I'm about to create is already out there, right? So I'm sure you have faced these kind of people yes. in your business. So what would you say to them? What would you tell them that you have got certain experience in certain area and certain field? No, you should actually do that and maybe motivate yourself to create at least version one. And then when you see certain things, look at it and improve and go for version two, version three, version five, version yeah. 10, right? Just keep improving along the way. And what what's important is when you're you're considering it and there's a wide field is to look at it from the angle of what makes me different. You know, what is what is my how is my what, how does my uniqueness um, give me a leg up on other people? You know, some, somebody takes a, a sales, for example, somebody's going to do a program about sales. There's lots of sales training out there. But if somebody does sales training for a particular market, then they can focus on that market. And then, you know, by niching it down, you like any, like any service you're going to offer, you're, you're likely to have more success if you focus on a niche. Yeah. So now, how do you work exactly? Like, let's say step by step with your clients. How do you go with them from idea into execution and uh, uh, offering the course to to the audience? Right. Well, I've got I've got two ways that I work with people. I have a done with you service and a done for you service. And in the done with you service, I coach them through the process. So we start out and we cut, we, and then and the done for you, I do the heavy lifting. The, the methodology is the same. It's just who's putting in more, uh, more time and energy to get to, to get to the finish line. So everything starts with asking the question, well, why, you know, why virtual? Why now? Why, what is it that you, why is it that you want to get into this game and to really dig deep into that? So we look at, uh, and then looking at who their target audience is as, as part of that work. Then we kind of get a sense of, okay, where do they want to play? And then we'll do a scope for the project and determine how big is it? How many modules? How are we going to deliver it? And then we move from there into, um, again, looking at, the, looking at the audience and then looking at what's the content that needs to be covered and then say, okay, what have you already got that we can repurpose and what do we need to build from scratch? Once we do that, then we do what I call a design blueprint, where we look at what we're going to teach and then how we're going to teach it. And so that gets into the overall program design, which creates a framework to then move into course creation, where we build out all the different components, and then we're ready to um, implement. And that just is um, really building out what's going to go on their learning management system, and then the go-to-market strategy in terms of what's how what type of a funnel are we going to create so that they can then get the word out about the about the program so that's that's 12 weeks of work in 2 minutes <laughs> <laughs> so so like what type of content is best for courses because i have seen courses that involve videos i have seen courses involve only audios i have seen courses involve only like uh, ebooks right so there is like what they call courses but they are actually when you think of a course, you think it's video probably, but, but I have seen courses which are like text. Yeah. What do you think is the best type of content? Is it text, uh, audio, or a video? 
I think the best content is when you when you can mix it up. Mm. Because if you if you put something out that's you know everything it, it, that you described is kind of a passive experience. I watch a video, I listen to an audio, or I read something. You need to build in interactive exercises for people to do along the way, and it's important to get them into a place of doing uh, as quickly as possible. There are tools where you can, you know, bring in more interactivity. They're called authoring tools, which allow you to have people actually interact with the screen, which is a much more powerful experience. I think because of the time that we're living in and what we've all just lived through, this being 2023, everybody kind of rushed to get content online and recorded a webinar, put an opening and closing intro and intro and outro on it and said they have a course when in fact, really what they have is a recording. Um, a course involves interactivity. It involves engagement and having people actually do something. Uh, you know, there's the old adage, learning by doing. Until you get people to doing, they really haven't learned. <laughs> yeah, like, like I know I read an article a time ago that generally people who buy courses are probably two types. People who just like to buy things. So like sometimes you like to buy certain things and put it like it's kind of an antique this is one of the way people buy. So yeah, I bought that. But have they actually used it or learned from it? Probably not. And there's the type of people who actually use it and learn, but these are the minority. These Think about all the business books people buy and never open. But they're on the shelf. <laughs> they have good intentions. <laughs> yeah. The courses have kind of taken that role now. <laughs> yeah, and you were going to ask a question. I apologize. Yeah, and because they are easier, but how to make sure as the content creator and the con as the course creator that you are selling with authenticity and the purpose that you are delivering to people who really actually are going to complete the course to the to the finish yes. line. Well, it's important to start with what's the outcome. So when somebody completes your course, what are they going to be able to do when they're done? And to be real clear about what that is. So you set the right expectation because sometimes I think that courses aren't completed because there's a mismatch in expectations. The description, you know, doesn't what they read um, isn't what they actually uh, experienced. And if you are clear on your outcome and you design your course to meet that outcome, then you've got a better, a much better chance of people actually getting to completion. And then adding into that, making it interactive so that they can be uh, practicing and uh, building up their skills as they go instead of just, uh, you know, a knowledge dump. I mean, knowledge is, knowledge is important, but it's applied knowledge that makes a difference. Yeah, exactly. Like a lot of people say like knowledge is power, but knowledge could be like potential power without actually taking, taking it into action. So, yeah. Right. So, so like for example, now how how would you advise people? How would would be the time frame? Like you mentioned, your program takes about twelve weeks, right? So, is this the time that each client of yours finishes their course from start to finish? It's yeah. I have it set up as a as a twelve week program, and in the and that's that's the plan, and that's the design. And most people will complete in the 12 weeks. The, sometimes the, what happens though is, uh, you know, for me, I, this is my profession. I'm creating courses all day, every day. 
so I can get stuff to the finish line. When I work with my authors, speakers, and coaches, it's another project. And sometimes it can take longer because they have other other things that will take priority in their business. Mm-hmm. So they're, you know, they like they had good intentions of getting in and doing something for, you know, a few hours, but then whatever else came up. So if they can stay focused and disciplined, then definitely you can get there in 12 weeks. But if distractions come up, people oftentimes when we get to where somebody needs to do recording, they go, Oh, I don't want to be on camera, even though we've been living on camera now since 2020. So we got to, we just can't, you know, we're all here, people. We have good hair days, we have bad hair days, but you know what? You just got to get it done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So what, what what would you recommend to, in general, the modules, how many modules for each course would be, or do you have certain specialization in that when you want to just make sure that everyone gets that or do you have like for example in general courses have have to have like five modules for example no the content drives the number of modules you know i'm i'm looking looked at something for a potential client yesterday and he'll have uh when all is said and done four modules and there'll be 20 lessons across those modules I'm looking at something else that's about half that size. Uh, there are um, some programs where somebody wants to just do a short mini course, which is more of a lead magnet. So the length of the course, the number of modules really depends on the content and then your intention of how you want to use it. The next thing that might client ask, like, what should I price? Price it at so is that some some problem that you face? Yeah, that you know pricing is always a challenge because you need to look at the content from a is it a transactional type of an experience or is it a transformational experience? Let's say somebody's going to learn how to uh, more effectively use Microsoft Word. That's transactional. That's going to be a lower ticket type of a, of a program. It's a real, you know, specific thing, but many times, you know, there's, I'm working on another uh, program now that's all based in uh, on spirituality. So for this particular, that is where somebody is, they have a, they have a longing, they have a need, you know, they don't, they want to find, they want to bring spirituality into their life. If they do that, that's a more transformational type of an experience. So the, um, the price pricing can be higher. Uh, then sometimes people look at something and they'll say, well, I, you know, I want to do something because I really want to, I really want to help people. And the money isn't as much of a factor as that they want to spread their, their message out. Another program I looked at was about helping uh, corporations in a particular business unit really increase their effectiveness. Well, you're selling into a corporation, you're selling into a team, that's going to be a higher ticket type of a of an offer. And that could be a thousand dollar program because of what the outcome potentially could be. So so it's not just it's not about how much content is there, like it's 10 modules, 20 modules, each module has like five, 10 videos. It's not about how much content is there, how much it's how much transformational the content might be, right? Yes, yes, that's absolutely correct. This is this is how you can look at pricing and and maybe uh, look. Do you look at competitors and similar courses of your clients, for example, on pricing, or do you just only look at this aspect of transformational element? 
Well, we'll look at we'll look at that, and then we look. We'll do a competitive scan to see what else is in the market, and then another uh, thing to look at is who else do your clients buy from, and mm-hmm. kind of compare what you know. It's could be, it could be totally different subject matter. It's not your subject matter, but what type of investment are they willing to make in their uh, whether it's personal development or professional development. And if they're willing to spend, let's just, I'm just going to pick $500 as a number uh, with you and we're, we serve the same people. Well, they might be willing then to spend $500 with me. Mm, So that's another way to look at it. You know, where kind of, where are they in terms of what, what they, um, who who they're working with. So if someone like, for example, if now wants to start to start building a course, do you think uh, they can test the idea first before Finishing the course because it takes time, like we mentioned, for example. It's not like in one day you can finish a complete course that is solid course and transformational. Or they can like test the waters and see and how they can see like this course might be in really good demand. Or do you think that any course with any experience in any field in any area can be sold in general? I think what what is great is if you have some type of an introductory program that gives people a taste of what the larger program is going to be, then they are, it's easier for them to make a decision and starting off with something that's smaller. Maybe it's, maybe it's no charge because you're using it as a lead magnet. Maybe it's at a, at a low price point. It makes it an easy yes for them to start to work with you. What are some of the mistakes that you see people creating courses? Because there are a lot of platforms. Yeah. <laughs> so what are the mistakes that people are making in creating their own courses, do you think? Okay. There's, well, some of the things that I see, the, the first one is that they'll just, uh, they won't start by looking at the outcome and they won't look at what, you know, what's the end goal and what place are they, do they want to get somebody to? Uh, if you don't know, if you don't know where you're going, you know, well, how are you going to get there? <laughs> so it makes the creation process really, really challenging because you're just, you know, there's the, it, it gets fuddled. There's no lack of clarity in terms of what you're going to do. So that that's one uh, mistake that I see. Uh, another mistake is that people have a tendency to want to start with the introduction and some kind of a snappy title. And on the surface, that makes sense because when you're consuming a course, you start at the introduction, you go all the way to the conclusion. But when you're building it, again, this ties into the first mistake is you want to be clear on, on the outcome and then come up with all the different content blocks or lessons that are going to get people to that outcome and then write the introduction at the very end. If you start with the introduction, you can kind of write yourself into a corner. Mm-hmm. And that and it, that's fairly... Um, fairly typical in in how people approach it, and you know, you'd asked me about my process earlier. Another that's another mistake that people make is they don't see this is that there's a methodology, and that there's certain steps that you want to follow to get from idea to implementation. Again, you know, kind of thinking about where to start and where to finish. People will say, "Well, I'll do the webinar first, and then I'll cut the webinar and I'll turn that into the the course." Mm-hmm. And Again, that you know, that's and that's a great thing to do. However, the where where it breaks down is when they plan the webinar, they don't think ahead to when this is going to be evergreen content. Mm-hmm. 
How are people going to consume it? How many modules would it make sense for it to be? You know, what's the what's the way to break up the content? And so it, it becomes very difficult then to cut the webinar into those discrete modules. Mm. So just a simple hack that people can do is if you you plan that out and you finish the, you finish the first segment and then you pause and you mm. smile and then you go on to the next segment, you've created space then for an editor to go in and cut it. And you have a much better chance of then being able to really repurpose that content because you've thought ahead to, well, how am I going to, what are the different ways that I'm going to use this so that when you do the recording, it's a, a much, you have a much clearer breakdown, if you will. Yeah. So we spoke about uh, like mixing things up, having video, having text, having audio, but do you think, for example, in regards to video, uh, should it be like a video like this one, like we are we are facing the the camera, or is it okay and it would be the same thing if it's like a kind of a slideshow? I think it's nice to work where you're you you come on at the beginning and you're on camera and you say a few things to position it, and then you bring in slides and there's technology available where you can move between. Uh, being on camera and showing slides, mm. uh, you can have graphics, uh, graphic overlays come in. And so we have a lot of opportunity to create more interactive elements in our video when we're doing the recording um, than we had before. So for example, and I, I should have had it fired up before we started today, but I use Ecamm, which mm. is a Mac product. And then I also have a, a stream deck, which is the hardware. And what this allows me to do is to just by pushing a button, I can move between being on camera and talking to you or, or the whole audience. And then I can show, bring up, bring up a slide and talk about the slide and I can be kind of picture in picture in there. So it's a great, it levels up what you're, what you're doing so that it's not just a talking head or it's not the voice hidden beside the, behind the slides or the little square up in the corner where, you know, so you you become you're you're in the you're in the presentation, not outside of the presentation. A lot of people like to buy from people, so you're being there even with the, with the face. So that yes. could be a good uh, good connection method. Yeah, yeah, it's really and it and it's very and it's you know we're we're so used to consuming content for entertainment for news, whether it's on a computer screen on a TV screen, on an iPad, an iPhone. And when we do that, all of that type of content, there are a lot of scene changes. So, we, so we, we're used to seeing where things are, are changing and moving. And then when we get into the training mode, all of that kind of goes away and it's either a talking head or a, a voiceover over slide. So by just mixing it up and going back and forth between those two, and then bringing in some simple graphic overlays, you can, uh, that, that's one way of creating engagement. Yeah, that's exactly. fairly simple and fairly straightforward. And the tools are getting so much better. Yeah. I saw something that someone did the other day that was very cool using um, Prezi video where they had a lot of really cool effects when they were presenting you know, it's available, it reduces the amount of post-production editing, you know, if you want to get all fancy, right? <laughs> because you, 
you're able to do it during the recording. It doesn't have to come in um, after the fact. So it, it can bring your costs down and you can go out with a higher level of uh, minimum vial product. <laughs> Uh, that's important. Like you mentioned, in, when we watch movies or TV shows, like there are changing elements, how the video moves slow or fast, how uh, an audio comes uh, like a boom and suddenly fades away or fades in. So this is uh, increases engagement, I think, will rapidly and increase the, the amount of people who actually go to the finish line with it. Yes, yes mm, that's very true. So, Nancy... You personally, what is the, let's say, in your your business journey, what is the most, uh, let's say, tough thing that you have faced in your career, in your business? Finding the balance between having the, the time and the team to do the work and uh, continuing to market yourself to bring in, in more work so that you always have a nice steady flow of um, of clients to be working with, I think you can get you can get so busy sometimes doing the work for people that your your pipeline can dry up, and that's not a good thing. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. No. So, uh, what do you recommend people in general to use tools, resources, or like we mentioned books? Some books, if you if you know some to to read in, in for entrepreneurship in general and in regards to maybe creating a course uh, in that regard? Well, one book that I can recommend for creating courses is my book, <laughs> which is called Bundle Your Brilliance, Turn Your Expertise into Profitable Online Courses. And it's available on Amazon. And if you search on Amazon for Bundle to bundle Your Brilliance, you might find me between a bundle of toothpaste and a bundle of socks if you, do the, if you don't go to the book, <laughs> book only mode. So I think that's um, that that's my book. And, you know, in the, in the um, entrepreneur front, I've been reading the Go-Givers series, which is an interesting way of, of looking at uh, how you want to bring in new business. It's more about what, what do you do to be of service and to be giving to other people. Uh, so that that's a, uh, I'm enjoying that. That's awesome. So do you think there's something that you can add that I have missed asking you for? Well, the only thing that I would add is it's just really important to be be intentional about what you're doing and really think through who you serve, how you can help them, how you're unique, so that you can put something out into the market that will not only serve your market, but it will it'll elevate your profile. It'll 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 strengthen your brand and set you up to be um, the authority that that you are it is definitely very important to be intentional with that because if we scatter all over the place we end up serving no one right <laughs> so, right right yeah and yeah. Who, and how does that help <laughs> yeah, exactly so nancy where can people get in touch with you learn more about you and uh, if they want to help creating their their own courses Okay. Well, the best place is to go to my website, which is nancygeary.com. And if people are just listening, Geary is G-I-E-R-E. -E, and that's a, where you can find me. You can email me and it's nancy at nancygeary.com. Very clever. 
And I'm just happy to engage in conversation and learn about what people are up to and uh, how I might be able to help them to create some great courses and build their business. Awesome. Well, Nancy, thank you for being here with me on this episode of the Success Secret Podcast. My pleasure.